Hello, podcast listeners. Just wanted to let you know that there's some bad language in the first three minutes of the show. So if you want to skip that bad language, by all means, skip to the uh, third minute. All right. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. This is episode two of the Good for Something show. I'm Guido, uh, your co-host, and this week uh, uh, Laura cannot be available, so uh, my friend Alana is stepping in. Happy to step in. And we're doing another fun show uh, podcast. So let's let's get going. We start off the show with uh, something, uh, news and, and things that we find through the week. And uh, let's start the show with Pretty Princess uh, Fuck Hate Campaign. Yes, I said it. F-C-K-H-8. You can find out more at the FC, if you Google FCKH8, there was this really great video. <laughs> I know it didn't happen this week, but I found it this week and it makes me very, it's, it's really awesome. And I'll have to admit, I would like to see an advancement of one's vocabulary beyond a variety of swear words. And as a mother of girls, I found this an absolutely fantastic thing that you need to be showing any anyone. So I'm gonna Nine play, years and older. Play a little, and, and I, as I am once, while we can't watch the video with our listeners, we can hear the audio. It is pretty. <laughs> pretty. These are little, uh, I guess. What the? This is, these are preteen or younger girls dressed up in princess outfits, which is awesome, with a big pink background. And let's just go. Okay. <laughs> you it's got the awesome. idea. But it is most definitely. How long is that, Guido? The, how long is the video? It's probably about two minutes long. It's a two and a half minute video clip, and it's so worth watching. I'll put links in the show notes. And I like actually that it ends with a, 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 a boy in a princess outfit, which I think is yeah. great. Um, it's uh, actually. I've oh, been... spoiler alert. Oh, it's all right. Okay. I, I don't think there's a spoiler alert on this. Nothing can spoil this. This is really kind of awesome to watch. One of, the, I mean, so you know, one of these things I always find interesting is that there's um, a lot of discussions about equality for women and and equal, you know, feminism as being equality and that women can do these things, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's this secondary part that I think people don't talk about, which is it's important to make sure that things that are girly or girlish or whatever, however you want to term that. Those shouldn't be deemed negatively, and so having a girl, having a boy in a princess dress shouldn't be such a weird thing or be considered bad. Totally, and I think that's one of the great things about the latest United Nations campaign, He for She, that just kicked off last month. Oh, and Emma Watson is is, is her in the ambassador, and she gave a really kicking speech. All right, and and that's the idea: is that equality means that people can be people and not necessarily have gender associations which would be negative or positive yeah long road so moving little on to the, steps so the next next thing which is a little lot less political but just things I've, uh, for the week uh, this one's kind of local and I'm really excited uh, Top Chef Boston has started uh, has finally premiered and airing on, on TV they're uh, up to episode two now and because did, of that did you ever get on even if I did I couldn't tell you oh but I can tell no. you, but I can tell you that I didn't, oh, okay. <laughs> which is even worse. Yeah, so don't hold your breath. Okay, I was holding for a minute there. Yeah, I wish, but uh, in in the meantime, uh, because I'm excited about it, I decided to make a little map um, at mapping.place that shows the locations of the restaurants where these 
chefs who the contestants hail from, as well as highlighting what states they hail from. As sort of a way to understand, like, who, you know, who, who, what this show is about, who these people are. Because so I think that, you know, it's interesting to know where the food is coming from, who, you know, even... What not shapes only, their whole ethos. To some degree, right. And I realize that, you know, they all come from different places. It's not just about the restaurant they're currently at, but, you know, this is, this is who they represent at the moment. And it's kind of interesting because in the map that I made, the whole middle of the country is just missing. Oh. Uh, there is somebody... Uh, in and so basically from Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, to Chicago, Illinois, there's a gap. So we they need to do some serious recruiting there because I could see a lot of people from that neck of the woods well, even making to, things, but not necessarily wanting to be part of that whole brouhaha. Even Texas is missing. I mean, none Texas? of the Dakotas. Really, yeah. really. And and I realize there's only so many people who go on the show in the first place. Right. Um, I think you know New York is is definitely well represented. Of New York City, and then uh, New York City knows how to sell itself. L.A. is rep- well represented. Uh, the, the nice thing is though there is one person, um, uh, James Regato, is from White Lake, Michigan. Uh-huh. And I can only tell you this because I'm looking at the map now, and this is the best part of having a map. You can just hover over things. So there'll be a link to this in the show notes uh, for people to check out. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out uh, this week, or the other thing that um, it's local, uh, sadly it's not food or fun or awesome. It's actually the opposite in a lot of ways. Uh, there was a riot in Keene, New Hampshire, and there was, there was some news expected? given about this. And it was uh, both, it was tragic in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't, I mean, it was basically, it looked like just college kids on the college campus. It wasn't, you know, everybody, it was people having visitors and parties because there was a pumpkin festival. Right. But it wasn't at the pumpkin festival itself. Right. So I want to make right. sure it's clear. I've, I've been hearing reporting about it and they keep saying, oh, it was the pumpkin riot. And maybe it was a pumpkin riot, but it was at the the college not at the festival correct correct so these are just it looked just like a bunch of stupid college kids being stupid well and and i as i mentioned earlier i do have eyewitness reports of people who have been to this pumpkin festival in the past and always feeling very comfortable walking through campus as part of the whole pumpkin festival promenade as you want to call it and that this year they noted when they were coming by hours before is that the campus already seemed unruly in ways that it hadn't been in the past that day. So, so something was in the air. Was it like a full moon or something? I don't know. All I know is they show pictures. I have this link to this article, and they show pictures of basically entire fields of, like, football-sized fields of beer cans. And it's like, yeah, no, like this smashed up. like a pumpkin festival, not a beer festival. Well, it's probably, well, it, yeah, okay. It just it just seems kind of sad that, the, the, that this happened at all. And, yeah, I think, you know, the university... Should have gotten involved much earlier. I mean, if they must know that people will have parties around this time, and they must must have realized when this got out of control. But and hopefully they could have handled it a little bit before the state police got involved or before the riot police came out. Well, and it's sad that it did get to that point. So yeah, it is upsetting. All right, so we're moving to your list of things for the week or things. Things this something. week, yeah, good some for things something. that were good for something this week. And <laughs> yeah. this was a big weekend if you're into quilting. They started on Friday in Lexington. The Rising Star Quilters had their show, and they always have like about 110 quilts and all sorts of scavenger hunts and activities and things. But I think one of the things that I think is great about quilt shows is that sense of community that goes on there because these are the people who were working on projects together or alone, and this is like 
a nice time to celebrate. So I, I like the community culture that there's behind quilting. So Friday and Saturday in Lexington, and then Saturday, Sunday, up at Middlesex Community College was the Burlington Quilt Show. So you could pretty much like hit quilt shows all day. And then I guess you could finish it up by going up to the Lowell, uh, the New England Quilt Museum up in Lowell and do like a serious road trip. But um, yeah, so those are the options. Cool. I want to do a big hats off to everybody in Boston. We had guests from Tunisia the last couple of weeks. Young woman, first time in America, kind of fluent in English, who wasn't a big person into maps. So she headed out every day with a destination and she would just kind of climb out of the tea and ask people where to go from here. And one of the most remarkable things she said about being in Boston is how wonderful and nice everybody was. So thank you very much for making our guests feel at home. <laughs> my third thing that I want, well, this is a personal thing, because I ran my very first half marathon this morning up in Newburyport, and it was great route. Nothing... You know, there was at no point where you like, I am so bored, I do not want to run anymore, which can happen with me because especially after your phone dies, you have no music to keep you going. What are you going to do? Oh, wait, than... wait, wait, wait. How long is this race that your phone dies in the middle of it? Like, <laughs> how many days were you phone. out there? No, no, no. no. I mean, <laughs> and, and remarkably, my phone was fully charged at 8.15 this morning, but somewhere around the seven mile mark. So just barely halfway into the race, my phone totally died. And well, anyhow, but it, all right, I stayed entertained. Like, nice route, lots of fun people, good crowd on the sides. And of course, then everybody was heading to pizza and beer afterwards, which was not at all what I wanted to do. Let it be known. All of the spas around every destination where there's a half marathon ought to really seriously put some sort of a post half marathon spa package together because I would have loved like a hot tub and a massage <laughs> an hour after that. So if there's anybody out there that has a day spa, All right. let them know. But uh, is Green Stride Races organized the race today. It was really well done. Good time. Heads off. A lot of fun. Yeah. 4,000 other people did it. So we all did it together. All right. And in, in the show notes, uh, before our guest, I just want to take a quick moment to do a personal uh, personal something here. Uh, recently, I've been spending a lot of time with what I call my Armenian mornings. I'm actually spending some time with my brother talking about all sorts of stuff. And actually, it's really nice. I miss, I miss him. He's in Armenia right now. He's been there for many years. Uh, he was with the Peace Corps, and now I don't know what he's doing exactly. I think he's just unemployed, which is all right. But uh, he loves in it Armenia, there. In Armenia, why yeah, not? And he has, yeah. he has a, a, a girlfriend there he really likes, so I think they're, you know, that's what's keeping him there. Mm. Good for him. You know, he, whatever makes you, makes you happy, uh, it's important to find the person you like. But anyhow, I just wanted to, to tell Excellent David. Excellent lead-in. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're listening, David, you know, I love you, and uh, I hope you make it back someday. <laughs> and you're missed. <laughs> All right, with that, we're going to go into our interview today. Uh, we're interviewing two, two guys from Boston Bruin. Uh, Andrew and Tom. Uh, Andrew's interview goes first, and it's held in the middle of a very loud. Uh, actually, we're at Pedro's, uh, Pedro's Tacos in uh, in Boston on Bromfield Street, which is a couple doors down from where Boston Bruin is. Or now, tell me, wait, wait, wait. Now, yeah. when you first told me Boston Bruin, I of course thought hockey. Yeah. No, this no. is a different kind of Boston. B R E W I N. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a coffee place, and it's it's kind of amazing, and their stories are amazing, and I'm really happy to be able to share. Uh, I hopefully I'll have Tom on the show. Uh, so Andrew is great. Tom also, uh, yeah, I interviewed him. 
And uh, his story is, is really long, so we'll have him on the show again because uh, I don't I don't want to have these episodes be too long and uh, for my listeners, you know, to, to enjoy. So there we go. So let's get into the interviews. So we're sitting here in Pedro's. I'm sitting here with Andrew from Boston Bruin, who's uh, kind enough to join me. And we're going to have a little crispy, crunchy tacos, which you'll probably hear throughout the podcast. Uh, and uh, I, will start, I want to start off just asking you a question. So I feel like with brick-and-mortar stores uh, like Boston Bruin, uh, Yelp reviews are important. And my question to you is this. To get negative reviews doesn't take much. Right. But to get positive reviews, what do you have to do to get somebody to actually go on the internet and think, oh, yeah, right, I just went to that place? I mean, really just constantly provide a good product and good service. Um, like remembering people's names and orders and drinks. Like, one I remember that's even on our site was uh, a customer named Molly. And she, uh, one day she was in line, was really busy. Uh, but I saw her standing in line one day. And I knew what she gets for coffee. And um, instead of waiting, she had to go to work because she was running a little late. So uh, when one of her coworkers came in, what I ended up doing was just I made an extra coffee. I gave it to her coworker and said, give this to Molly free of charge. You know, it's on us because it's saw her waiting in line and she couldn't get her coffee today. And Molly went on Yelp and wrote us a rave review about how she never has done that before. She's only done it for our shop. So, you know, that's, that's kind of like just that custom one-off service that you have to do for people. Um, you know, getting to know people, getting to know them, not just as a customer, but like personally. Like, you know, normally I don't, like you saw earlier, I don't go out and sit, sit around with people, but um, occasionally I'll invite people out to go get a drink or something after work, see what they're into. So it's building relationships and not just a customer base, you know? So that's that's really what really what will set us apart and get you a good review so, so I mean you're, you're a coffee shop mm-hmm. you're building but you see yourself more as like a relationship organization mm-hmm. not just a, a sales yeah it's not about just sales like yeah ha- I mean you know, at the end of the day we are a business and you do have to make money um, to support your organization like I have bills to pay, Tom has bills to pay, our employees have bills to pay. So, but besides that, it's like getting to know people, it gets you further. Like, you want to know people. You're not just a number when you walk through that door. You're a face that we recognize. Um, you're a name that we recognize. What you do is important. So, really, that's what we're about. Got it. So, tell me... Um, can you tell me, give me a like short description about uh, about yourself and about what what the company Boston Bruins about? Because I feel like it's it's not a coffee shop. No. At the end of the day, yeah. it really you guys are are, are the world's smallest little coffee shop <laughs> with really big hearts. Yeah, really big hearts. Um, you know what we do is we're trying to build social change, so have an impact on your community, not just like where you are, but with what you do every day. So. What we're trying to do is we build a coffee shop, the local nonprofit in the area. We donate our profits to that nonprofit, and our customer and fan base get to actually choose which which um, nonprofit that goes to. So, right now, our current location, 45 Bromfield, we do a lot of volunteering with uh, Best Buddies, Massachusetts. So. We do a lot of volunteering with them. We'll, we'll do, donate our profits to them, stuff like that. So that's currently what we're working with. Um, we have our East Boston location. 
and actually voting right now is up for that. So if people would like to to vote um, on which local nonprofit that the profits from that store will go to, and that's up for people to do. Um, and really, that's that's what we're about: Pe- people helping other people. Really, so. And I guess my my thought every day as I walk by is, how did you get into this, and um, how long have you been doing this? So actually, I worked. I moved to Boston in 2010, and um, I got a job working for a bank. Uh, I won't name the bank because I don't want to say anything bad about it and have that come back to me. But I worked in <laughs> worked in banking. I mean, I've, did you have bad things you did once? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I worked in banking for since I was 19, 20 years old up until I was what two years ago? Up until two years ago, so about six, seven years I was in banking, and you come out here to Boston, and it's a little more cutthroat. A lot of sales tactics that you have to use to get people to just do retail banking. And there are a lot of goals to meet. Um, and I was in charge of, of my teller, so I was a lead teller for where I was. And it just, it just wasn't me anymore. I just wasn't feeling it after maybe a year of working there. And then one day, I had this customer come in, crazy guy who's coming in on a skateboard all the time. And, bringing two kids with him and his first day he was talking about opening up this coffee shop and I couldn't remember the name of it but I knew it sounded like familiar he'd come in every day and uh, his first day he was excited about $60 deposit like I've never seen a business owner excited about 60 bucks but that, that gave me hope like hey this guy is excited about his first day of business he did $60 in sales a little cash um and that was his first deposit. And uh, one day I came to visit his shop, and his, I found his name was Tom. Uh, I came to visit his shop, asked him if he needed any help, because it looked like he was a little busy. He said yes. So uh, I redid my schedule with the bank, and I started helping Tom every day, usually from about 8 to 10, and I'd go over to the bank and work from 11 to 7. Um, but I worked for Tom for free for a while, just so he could get off the ground, just so he could you know, make it. I wanted to be able to make sure that the shop would literally survive. Um, and it did. So, you know, fast forward three years later, I'm still there. Um, we're, we're doing great. Second shop is open. Um, found out that Best Buddies is was literally one or two floors above the coffee shop. They've since moved up further in the building, but they're in, still in the same building. It's kind of cool. Um, just really quick aside about Best Buddies. I was uh, when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I was sorry. I saw the rain. Like everyone's staring at the rain. So I was happy I was gone. Uh, when I was in high school, I uh, I joined Best Buddies uh, from the recommendation of a friend. And what they do is they partner you up with someone with IDD. Um, uh, it's individuals with developmental disabilities. So. Uh, basically just hang out with them make their make their high school experience good you know like no one high school is hard enough as it is but for someone who doesn't quite fit in either mentally or normally or however physically um, it's a little harder so I wouldn't say I experienced that in high school but I could definitely see how my peer that I worked with didn't fit in just because people didn't understand like what he was going through like mentally um, I believe he had Asperger's 
but people didn't treat him well, and I just thought that wasn't fair. So anyway, uh, finding out that Best Buddies was in the building was, was great for me. So um, we've since, you know, we've raised money for them. Um, I've run a 5K for them. Um, I actually ran the Boston Marathon for their team. Was that the Blurch one? I know you. No, that was no, that was uh, Seattle. So that was that's the oatmeal. Um, I love the oatmeal. That's the oatmeal, the only reason yeah. I, knew, I knew what you were running. Yeah. I saw you come in with the, the sweatshirt. I'm like, yeah. oh, you ran the blurge run. Yeah. So yeah. we, I follow the oatmeal on on Facebook and in, like all the social media posts. He's a funny, funny guy. But um, he uh, found out he was throwing a 10k, a half marathon, and a full marathon. And um, my my girlfriend, well, she, she's not my fiance, but uh, at the time she's like, we have to go out to Seattle and run this race. So. We, we booked a trip built basically around a 10k race it, right outside of Seattle for two weeks but that was that's what we ended up doing it was really great so good time yeah very cool nice so um, now you've opened, they, you guys have opened up a second store mm-hmm. what, what's the dream where, 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 do you want this, where do you think this is going to go or where do, you, where do you want it to where do you want it to go I mean preferably I would like that it continues to do the same thing that we're doing. Just open up more shops, donate to more local nonprofits um, that do good for their community. Um, we'd love, love to keep doing that. You know, it was, it was a vision when I when I first came on to Boston Brew, and I didn't see it coming being more than one store. But with a lot of work and a lot of a lot of effort being thrown at it. We're now at our second location, possibly a third. Just a quick hint, possibly a third. Uh, nothing crazy, but um, that's just, you know, that's what I, I would like to see. So for Tom and Danny, you might have to talk to them about that. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Continue to build, continue to grow. And not just in the business, but like personally. Um, I think I've, I've grown leaps and bounds out here in the four years that I've lived here. So couldn't picture myself get a fledgling coffee shop, local coffee shop, off the ground, up and running, getting it into one lo- other location. So, so where did you come from? Iowa. Iowa. I moved here from Iowa. Um, I was born in Minnesota, but was raised in Iowa, lived there for 20-something years. Um, when my girlfriend decided on law school out here, I came out here, so I needed a change. Um, Des Moines is a great city, and a lot of people might knock it for certain things, but it's actually a good place. Uh, have you seen the Raygun uh, website? Yeah, yeah. The, the actually, I have a... Des Moines is, is, is French for Des Moines. Des Moines, yeah, yeah. How do you know about Raygun? Uh, uh, so Laura, yeah. who uh, I work with, yeah. she's a big Midwesterner. Like, oh, really? Yeah, she's from Michigan. All right. She loves finding stuff like that, and okay. so she was sharing that the other day. I actually have a couple of ray gun shirts at home. I'm gonna get a hoodie. I'll wear it to work for you just to show it off. Yeah, I got one that says um, it's got the state of Iowa, and it just says Iowa, just outside the middle of nowhere. It's a circle, and then nowhere's here, and then Iowa's just outside of it. It's great. It's funny stuff. I like that we can joke about it, you know. And, and but still have pride for it. Like I have a lot of pride from being from the Midwest. You know, raised out there, a lot of hardworking people. Um, but at the same time, it's it's easy to joke about it in a good way. So I like that. Yeah. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank you.
let's see, the first time I met you, you were giving out free high fives on the corner of Tremont and Bromfield. I know you're like, shocker. Yeah. I, I think the next time I really noticed and, 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 and paid attention to what you were up to, you were, there were these two, um, these two homeless or I don't know drifters I don't know they're just kids there are these two kids sleeping in the doorway of one of the other shops I, I, I won't say which shop and you actually inserted yourself in the middle of that confrontation and got the other shop owner to just calm down a bit and let the kids get out because they were all they were doing was sleeping I, yeah. we know who it is I don't need to say who it is yeah <laughs> I, I love that guy he's a character he is a character he's yeah. the, the both the uh, from my standpoint He's the best and worst of of old school. Oh my God, he's he's uh, he's so funny. He's like a he's like a cartoon character. He really is. Yeah. And um, so and then uh, finally um, this week I had a really in- good interview with Andrew, and I I was really impressed. Uh, he, he had a lot of nice things to say about you, but also just in general the whole story of how he ended up joining your team mm. um, was, was really cool. So I was like, wow. Well, Anyhow, so um, uh, I'm sitting here at, in East Boston with uh, the owner. So, is it? Are you the owner? I don't know how it works. Are there other <laughs> owners? How's no, it, here, what, here, what's your title? Here's the thing. Uh, I, I I don't consider myself the owner. I consider the the consumers the owner. You know, we're just the service that you that we provide to people, and the people hire us to make their coffee. So essentially, the people that hire us are our boss. It's like if you were to hire, hire uh, somebody to uh, build a deck or something. You know, you're the boss. You're, you're going to tell them how you want the deck. You know what I mean? So does that make you the head barista then, or is barista no, the right term for I, a coffee I mean, shop? I mean, honestly, we're we're all we're all just employees. All, all right. of us. Uh, we're all given a job by the by the by the community. Okay, but so you don't have a title, is what you're telling me? No. You don't like standing on titles. Got it. No. All right, so uh, Tom, who Tom from Boston Bruin, <laughs> and uh, we're sitting here in East Boston in what will eventually be a really funky. It's under construction right now, patio yeah. for eating outdoors. Probably uh, next spring will be the, you'll open up the space a little bit more. Definitely. So it's my first time out here to your East Boston location. It's really neat. I really like the space you have in there and uh, the other little boutiques. It is cool. Um, it's uh, the old welfare building, so it says a lot about like what we're doing here you know um, we are the welfare of the community kind of like our goal is to um, actually this uh, a woman came into the store uh, the other day and she was asking us for uh, $50 a donation for the McKay school and she's like the McKay school is like they're they're trying to raise money just to even buy um, uh, erasers for the kids mm-hmm. and that to me is unacceptable so I kind of jumped the gun uh, because I like to. I would like the community to tell us where they would like the profit of their coffee to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're actually going to dedicate this store to the McKay School. So the entire profit of this store will go to the McKay School to help them supplies whatever they need. Like they get to do whatever they want with it. So how did you end up getting into this whole? I mean, this whole process. This. I mean. I know this was your your thing with the boss, the original shop, which was over on, which is currently over on uh, Bromfield. On Bromfield, but how did how what was your um, like? How did you wake up one day and think, uh, you know, maybe I should have a do a coffee shop and 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 give the profits away? Uh, I mean, I guess it just comes from 
you know, how I grew up and just, uh, just the progression of life and everything that I've been through. Uh, I mean, I've basically been on my own since I was five. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a mother, I have a mother, but, uh, you know, she worked all the time. And so, like, I was crossing highways at the age of seven. Uh, I was I was working at the IHOP picking up cigarette butts in the uh, in their parking lot for two bucks. Uh, I would go to Dunkin' Donuts and fold boxes so I could bring uh, donuts home to my mother. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I mean, basically, the the first thing that uh, I really did that made sense to me was, uh, and I kind of just did it because I could, was. Uh, there was a temple in Thailand uh, that I was I was staying out next to this temple, and it was a very poor temple. I had been out there for like a month, and I went to this temple, and I was I was I was going through the gates, like 15 dogs, like were snapping at me, like this is my house, don't come in here, and I wasn't afraid of dogs, and I was just standing there looking at them, and uh, they there was a. 10 puppies and five adult dogs and uh, a lot of them were covered in mange yeah and uh, I had a couple of dogs at home that I would do anything for so the minute I saw that I just I I got teary-eyed and I was like holy shit I I went back to the uh, I went to, back to the place where I was staying and I took all the food that I had bought that day like all of it and I poured it in a wok and I cooked it all and I walked over to the temple and I started spreading it out for all the dogs so they could all have something to eat. And uh, I went to the store and I bought six large bags of dog food and I started feeding these dogs twice a day like I would do my own dogs. Uh, <clears throat> I had done that for a week and the monk finally came outside and he was like, you know, where are you from? So I told him I was from America. And, uh, I uh, had just left and uh, I left him with the dog food and I went home and I had a retail shop down in uh, Cape Cod because I was in the import business that's why I was in Thailand and I'd buy things and bring it back and sell it in the retail shop down in uh, B-Town so I put a bucket out in my store that said a quarter for the temple dogs and anybody it was like basically like a tip jar and uh people would ask me about it and I would tell them like well you know there's this temple over there and you know the dogs are covered in mange and I want to bring them back some money mm -hmm. so I had actually raised 500 bucks in one summer and so I went back to this temple and when I drove up I went in and uh, got the monk out and I, I gave him 500 bucks and the guy was so like grateful like it was just amazing to see like like this guy like I just gave him 500 bucks that's all I did and he was trying to give me a dog and he told me like this is your home you now have a place to live this is this is your home mm -hmm. and after I left there I was just like wow what a great thing but I didn't do anything you know what I mean I just put a bucket out of my store and I told people the story uh, so I did most of my business in uh, Bali, and I lived uh, in Bali for like three months every year. Um, that's where I did most of my clothing and uh, all of my jewelry. Um, and I had a friend who owned two restaurants, an Indonesian guy, uh, Freddie. And I had arrived in Bali, and I went to Freddie's, and 
I told Freddy uh, what I had done with the dogs. And as you know that I'm a treasurer of an orphanage, right? And uh, I did not know that. So I decided that I would change the bucket to a quarter for the orphans of Bali. Mm-hmm. With that, I collected $1,054 that summer. So I had brought the money back and I went to, I brought the money to the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie insisted that I take it there. So I went to the orphanage and there were 96 children and only six, six adults that uh, took care of them. Wow. And just to see these kids, um, just starve for attention with, with nobody and just living in this place. Yeah. Uh, I stayed there all day and I, I played with the kids and yeah, I mean, they're just like holding my hand and like just dragging me around, like just needing the attention. And uh, it, it, I mean, it really was overwhelming. So I, I left there and I wanted to raise more money for them. So I had pictures with me, with the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this is way back before even uh, digital cameras. And uh, so I had, I went back and the next summer I had raised $2,500. Hmm. And uh, so I went in, I went back to Bali and usually I would take uh, a taxi ride to my hotel and unload my stuff and just settle in. And then I would go see all the people I knew. Uh, but I went directly to Freddy's because I was so excited. I had this 2,500 bucks. And uh, the minute I got there, um, Freddy was always like this. He put his hands together and he rubbed his hands together. And he saw me and he was like uh, very excited to see me. And I was like, hey, man. I was like, I got 2,500 bucks. And uh, he was uh, very excited. <clears throat> but he was like, uh, you got to meet uh, Patrick and Jenny. And they just happened to be sitting at his bar. So I went over and I met them. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a couple from Australia who had been together for 30 years. They own uh, a house in Bali, like on a beach. So they would rent it out. And it was like, uh, it wasn't like rented out all the time, but when they would rent it out, they would kind of take a little vacation up to the eastern side of Bali, which is a, a place called Ahmed. And it's just like these little huts. Uh, on the water and there's 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 nothing there it's not tourism it's just uh, a place to go and relax and do nothing on black sand beaches well they had become friendly with this lady uh, and uh, she they realized that they, they noticed that she was pregnant so they would go up there just about every three months so they go back three months later she's a little bigger they go back three uh, months later, she's a little bigger, they go back again, and she's no longer pregnant. So they're like, you know, they're excited, they're like, so what did you have? And uh, she wasn't very happy. And they're like, what's wrong? And the baby came out with a cleft palate. Oh. And, you know, being from the Western culture, that's not a problem, you just fix that. Right. And uh, so they're like, they said, they're like, you know, just fix it. And she was like, it's 2.5 million rupee. And that's like $2.5 million. But for us, it's $250. Mm-hmm. 
and they just were like they couldn't believe it they reached in their pocket and pulled out 250 bucks and gave it to her and said fix this and uh, they started to think about it they're like this must be a problem and that we we need to do something about this so they started uh, trying to raise money to help them with the cleft pallets and uh, Freddie said to me he's like you know because of my restaurants that the orphanage is doing okay it's if you would like to give us a thousand dollars like you did last year and uh, give them fifteen hundred dollars to help the kids with the cleft pallets you can so uh, I decided that I would and I went to the hospital to pay for the procedures uh, for three kids there was a four-year-old there that had one procedure done but he was there to get the top of his mouth rebuilt because he had he was born without one mm -hmm. um, so we paid for that uh, there was a 15-year-old uh, boy who uh, had a really bad job done on his face and so we uh, we fixed that, and then there was a baby, whose uh, the the her the palate of the baby's mouth was sticking out of his mouth through the cleft palate, like there was no lip, mm. and there was two teeth that were growing upwards mm. on the end of it. I mean, it the baby looked like a monster, and the kids they were very happy that. You know, some were a little nervous, but they're but the parents, uh, the parents were so grateful, like just unbelievable. Like I, it's I can't describe it. I I can't. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we were able to do this for nothing. There's so like there's so much like money out there in banks that that's the that's the power to fix things to give people the ability to live a great life and people are sucking up the resources for people you know and it, it's it's to me it's unacceptable um, so I mean just the fact that I, I did I was able to do that and and experience that I uh, I had this little beaded ring that I sold in my shop, and we sold a ton of them. Uh, they were all different colors, they were stretchy, so we sold them as toe rings and just rings. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had like little flowers on top, like mm -hmm. little sequence flowers. So I decided on my way home that I would dedicate those rings to kids with cleft palates. And in two summers, I raised $24,000 with these rings. And I realized at that point that that people do want to help. The fact that I didn't do anything but put out a sign and a couple of buckets of rings and uh, told my staff that this is what we were doing and that we could raise that much money. Um, I mean, the impact that I created just by making the decision. Um, I went through a divorce and I lost everything. Everything. Uh, and I went through uh, basically depression, like didn't know what I was gonna do. Um, couldn't understand why this happened. 
how could this person take everything from me? And uh, I mean, it got so bad that I, had, you know, I had to. I thought about ending it, and uh, I couldn't. So I decided, like, well, what do, what do you want to do? And I was standing in line at a at a coffee shop, and the economy's crashing, and I mean, the people are losing their houses. I mean, it was just. No, no jobs, no nothing. And uh, standing at line at that coffee shop and the line was long and it was taking a long time. I looked down the line and I was like, oh, no matter how bad the economy gets, people still will buy coffee. And I thought about it and thought about how many people will drink coffee. Well, coffee is the world's second most traded commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means we all take part in it. Which means it has the power to change the world. Because it's the resources that we need to fix things. Uh, and then when I really like started thinking about it, like the world's second most traded commodity is more expensive than the very first one, which is oil. Um, you figure a, a 12 ounce uh, cup of coffee is two bucks but you can get a gallon of gas for like 350 so that's when you really start to think like wow like what could we do um, and I really didn't have any idea of how I was going to do it I just knew that I needed to take the first step so I went to work at a coffee shop in Berkeley for free, Berkeley, California for free for two months. And uh, I learned the, uh, that I could do it. I learned the coffee shop. I learned uh, what they did. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to work at the world's largest coffee company to see what made them so popular. And uh, it just happened to be the second to worst uh, store out of 93 stores and uh, I found that out my second day there so in two months with the help of the crew that I worked with we brought that store to number one in customer voice wow. and uh, after that after I achieved that going okay then I got this uh, I was looking around on Craigslist for uh, coffee shops for sale and uh, there was one in Sudbury I went and checked that one out it was $28,000 kind of like a little photo mat and I just couldn't couldn't see it and then I uh, saw this one uh, on uh, Bromfield Street and it was uh, Bromfield Brew House uh, it was a nice couple. They were scientists. Uh, they just bought it as an investment and thinking that they could just throw somebody in there and uh, it would run itself. And that's not the case. You gotta have, you know, you gotta have passion for what it is. You gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah. And so they ended up realizing that it was better for them just to close it and pay the rent. And try to get rid of it because it wasn't making any money it was actually costing him money to have it open 
so I ended up buying it from them I gave them more money than it was actually worth mm-hmm. I felt bad for them and uh, I took it over and there was a lot that I wanted to do with the shop I wanted to put in new cabinets new like new everything so I'm at this point I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off a little bit and we're gonna um come back come back to you in, can, in a couple months man yeah no we've been going on for for a good 20 minutes now it's it's a, a really compelling story and i really uh thank you for sharing it with uh, me and uh, eventually my listeners <laughs> when uh right when, on. when i find them but uh i yeah i'm i, I knew it would be uh, interesting to talk to you and and so so far the story is great and uh next time let's talk more just about the shop um and uh in a couple of months and see where things are at and uh right on man um Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. You got it. I will do the high five. five. There we go. Uh, Thanks, Tom and Andrew, for the interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd like to, before we wrap up today, uh, to th- uh, to do some housekeeping business. Uh, first, uh, the sponsorship. We have no sponsorship, but I do recommend Audible. And I and if you've got if you want to try out Audible for free, I believe uh, if you go to their website and just uh, they have a free book you can read. I highly recommend As You Wish and Conceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. It's an excellent book. I'm reading it right now. Oh, okay. And actually, I'm going to use it again in, in another segment coming up, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it. But uh, yeah, if we had sponsors, and if you're interested in sponsoring, you're welcome to reach out to us. Um, you can find us uh, at goodforsomething.me uh, is the website. And we also have a Twitter account at goodforsomeshow. And you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash good for something. And finally, we do have a drawing coming up. Uh, we're doing a drawing at the beginning of November for a chocolate harvest, which is uh, chocolate three chocolate harvest. bars from Somerville Chocolate. Eric oh, was yeah. my first interview. Your guest and, from your first, first and, show. Yep. And I'm happy to, 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 give the, to give the chocolate out. All you have to do is uh, post to the Facebook page where you buy chocolate and what kind you like. And or you could also, if you don't want to use Facebook, you can tweet at uh, at the show. So good for some show is our Twitter handle. Um, you can tweet at us and tell us, answer that same question. Where do you buy chocolate and what kind do you like? And finally, uh, to wrap up today, Alana, we're going to do this week's Happy, oh, which is yeah. totally a ripoff of another show, which I'll, t- I'll, I'll thank in the, sh- the thank you section. <laughs> but this week's Happy, what's, uh, what's this week's Happy for you? I am very pleased that there are more electric cars running around. I have a long time dream to have uh, solar panels on a carport and have an electric car myself. And <clears throat> I like the BMW i3. And so I put that as my this week's happy. Nice. And that's, I mean, so the pricing on that, is, it's less than a Tesla, I hope. Oh, yeah. Way less than a Tesla. All it's right. a little bit more than a Leaf. But it's a car that was started from the very beginning to be an electric car. Very kind cool. of like the Tesla. All right. Very nice. Uh, my uh, my uh, this week's happy for me is as you wish and conceivable tale of the making of Princess Bride, written by Carrie Ells, who is the uh, main who is the lead in the movie um, uh, the Princess Bride. Uh-huh. He uh, he plays Wesley. Okay. And the it's just a fun story about. I mean, he he was twenty four, twenty two, something like like. He was young when he started did this movie, and 25 years later, they're 
people are still it's become a cult classic right. and he's sharing all the little stories including stories about like uh, andre the giant and whatever oh, fun. things that were going on so is does he um narrate the audible version of the book oh it's really great I, this is why i love audible myself like and so why i'm happy to plug them even if they're not really sponsoring us <laughs> uh, the he actually he does narrate the majority of the book, but he also has uh, other people co- jump in for their segments. So oh, Rob Reiner, uh, uh, Rob Reiner is there. Uh, Carol Kane is on there, um, and I can't remember who else. There's um, a couple of other voices, but it's so nice to listen to, and I, I really love listening to audible books. I've, I can't even tell you how many I've read in the last okay. four years. And as somebody who's slightly having hard time, I have a hard time with reading. Uh, it means I get to actually finish books, which makes me very happy. So that's happy, uh, this happy, week's happy. happy. Uh, finally, uh, thanks again to Andrew and Tom and the the, the whole crew at Boston Brew, and they're really nice people, and they make some delicious coffee, and and I'm they really detour for this. They they really care about community, both their own and the community of people that the coffee comes from. Um, and uh, thanks to you, Alana, for joining me hosting. My pleasure. Uh, also, um, and I don't know that I ever explained this to people, but one of the pe- one of the inspirations for this show is another podcast called The Startup, and it's a podcast done by Alex Blumberg, who it was on This American Life, and now he's starting to make his own company, and he's doing The Startup, which is really cool. Um, he's you can find him on Twitter at a b e x l u m b e r g. Uh, so Abex Lumberg. Yeah, I don't know okay. what. I think so that's it. We just yeah, that's that's the the, that's the Twitter okay. handle. Um, and finally, thanks to the folks at Pop uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour, which is another fantastic podcast from NPR. Uh, it's the Monkey C blog, which is all pop culture stuff. Uh, thanks for giving us uh, what's making us happy this week. Um, and I've now just shortened it down to this week's happy. <laughs> so what's your happy for the week? Uh, because the, their show rocks, and uh, I can only hope to be as, as entertaining as they are when I get to listen to them. Well, you've definitely given us something that's quite good this week, Nito. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. And that's it. Thank you.